Welcome to Mastering La Vida, your podcast review. I'm your host, Sue. You can now start following us on Instagram, hashtag Mastering La Vida. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You guys can comment and also make suggestions for our next episodes. Hi guys, we are on episode 8 of this podcast. I did wanted to give a big thank you to all of the people around the world that are still listening and following. We have people from the United States, Panama, Canada, Mexico, Australia, Spain, Egypt, Brazil, Romania, Argentina, Bahrain, Chile, Colombia, Germany, Croatia, Japan, United Kingdom, El Salvador, and Malaysia. To all of you, I am so grateful. On this eight episode, I'm going to review the top parenting tips given by many experts that seems to be helping many parents that are in much need of guidance and help with their children. Just because I have a parent, it does not mean I know how to be one. And this happens to all of us. As soon as we deliver the baby in the hospital, And the nurse says, you are good to go home and take your baby with you. Right at that moment, we start the journey of parenthood. And it's difficult. It's very hard. We all know that parenting is a full-time job. We also know that parenting can be rewarding and exhausting all at the same time. I am by no means a perfect parent. Please, please know that. And I do not know any perfect parents at all. But in order to create good human beings in this world, I had to change some of my parenting skills. I do not want to criticize my mother or my grandmother who were the ones that raised me. I know that they did what they could with the capacity and the information they had in those days. But we live in different days. We have way more information out there in order to become better parents. I know that my husband and I take our parents' roles very seriously. We want to develop positive parenting skills. We take responsibility for their health physically and emotionally. We want to mentor and guide our children to become a successful adult. Dr. Cefali is an author of three best-selling parenting books, an international speaker and a clinical psychologist. She has changed parenting methods and she believes that conscious parents can create a transformative approach to their children. She says that the struggle she finds in every parent is that we all want to have supreme control over our children. But the truth is that we can never fully control our children or anyone. And that is disconcerting and terrifying to all of us. She also mentioned that it's hard to detach from our children and still be caring. That we find it hard to walk the delicate line of caring without over-interference and over-controlling. I want to mention a couple of things she has mentioned that I feel that are important tips and things that we can do to help us out before we actually start the review. One of the things she's mentioned is to let go of your expectations as parents. Kids don't have to fulfill our expectations. We do not need to raise a mini-me. Your legacy is not your children. You are your own legacy. I see this all around, including myself. Sometimes you don't even know when you're doing this. 
In your mind, you are thinking that you want to help your children be successful, but we want to pick their careers, their choices of friends. We want to have full control because we don't know what else to do. We as parents feel that we need to do everything in our power to make sure that they are going to be okay in the case that we are not longer here. Little we know that the less we control and the less we overprotect, the more independent and conscious they will be. This one is a struggle for me because I was a teen too. I know exactly the things that we can do. And I had so much freedom when I was a teenager. Sometimes I consider myself very lucky as to really nothing happened to me. But at the same time, I know I have to create a balance. I might not give them all the freedom they want as they grow into teenagers, but I had to try my best not to control their lives by letting them make their own choices. And that's going to be hard. I think when children are smaller, it's easier for us to bond with them, to do all of these things with them as what they grow and they start making their own choices. Things do start getting a little more difficult and more challenging for parents. When we have not accomplished things as a person, as your own self, we could possibly think or believe that our children could fulfill those gaps we seem to have in our life. Universities, special schools, sports, musicians, dancing. I think that the key is to let them try whatever number of things they want. And once they've found what they like, you have to support them because that is why we are here. We are here to guide them and support them throughout their lives. You also need to take care of your own adult needs in order to take care of your kids. It's like building a house. You need a good foundation in order to build a strong house. If your life is falling apart, that means you have foundation problems. That doesn't mean you cannot fix it. All it means is that you will need to work on yourself first in order to be able to take good care of your children and your family. No one said that it was going to be easy. It's a lot of work. But your children are your responsibility. You brought them into this world. And please know that by no means I am criticizing anyone. I've been in, I think, every single position that we're about to mention. I, I've done every single one of them. And I have moments where I've been very good at it. And I have moments where I have failed as a parent. We all have bad moments or years in our life. I, for example, started drinking alcohol at a very young age. I was 15 years old. When I started to consume alcohol because it was cool, not because I like it, I thought it tasted horrible. I smoked cigarettes for the first time when I was 14. Again, it tasted horrible, but I wanted to look older because that was what everybody else was doing. Little that I knew that I was damaging my body and my brain. Nowadays, I barely drink and I do not smoke at all. And I teach my kids ages six and eight. What alcohol and cigarettes can do to your body because I won't be able to control if they are going to do any of it. But at least I know they will be completely aware of the consequences of doing any of it. And yes, it will be their choice, not mine. And the last important thing Dr. Shafala mentioned is how you handle your relationships in this world is the way your kids will learn to handle their own relationships. She says that you are the biggest example for your kid. If the first thing you do is fight whenever you have a problem, if you are constantly talking bad about other people, if you are screaming and calling people names in the street, don't expect your children to act different. 
I come from a Latino family. Things can get very hot in my family. I have a bad temper at times. As a young adult, I seem to have no control at all over my temper. Things have changed very much since then, but there are times where I feel like it could come out and those are the times I separate myself and take a couple of breaths and think if it's actually worth it. I think about my actions now because I have to, because I am the example my kids have. The last time I was put in this position was last year, when one of my cousins had a fight with my sister and things got sour. I was vacationing in Indonesia when I got a call from my family letting me know what was happening. My kids were with my sister in my house while me and my husband were taking a little vacation trip. I wanted to take the first fly available. My blood was hot. One thing is hearing that my sister and my cousin had a fight. And another thing is hearing that my kids were there. They were watching all this. It was like I was put into tests to see what I was going to do. We took a fly, which gave me plenty of time to think and let myself cool. I knew the situation was going to be bad. It was like I've been teaching my kids that this is not how you resolve problems. And boom, someone comes and shows them that is how they resolve problems. That is how they do it. It's hard. It is not easy. These situations can make the worst out of us. I do not longer have a relationship with this cousin. There was no way things were going to be fixed with her. And I know people think you need to stick to family and forgive and move on and keep the family together. But when you have people in the family that do not act their age, who give this type of examples to their children, who does not care about the consequences of their actions, there's nothing to be done. For me, and this is my personal opinion, I am not telling you to go ahead and take distance from your family. Everyone has a different situation and everyone deeply knows what are the best options for your own family. I did nothing. I did not fight with her. I did not attempt to resolve anything. I didn't even talk about it with my aunt, her mother, because she is not my aunt. She is not her legacy. My cousin is her own individual and she is responsible for her own actions. I wasn't on my sister's side either. I had a conversation with her and let her know how uncomfortable they have made things for the whole family. But then again, I am not my sister. She's also an adult and she's also responsible for her own actions. And I also had a conversation with my kids, trying to explain that there were other ways things could have been fixed, but also letting them know that these things can happen and that there are certain things they can do if they are ever in the middle of a fight again. Look, there's no perfect family. Some have less drama, some have more. At the end, my only job as a parent is to guide my children, inform them, give them choices, and let them grow into the best version of themselves. So with all this, let's jump into the review for today. This information is from kidshill.org. The number one advice is boosting your child's self-esteem. Letting children do things on their own, like homeworks, and letting them fail and being there for them when they need to get up. This one is simple, and we already talk about it. Stop controlling them and start supporting them. Number two, catch kids being good. We've all been there where we catch our kids doing bad things, but what about when they are doing something right? At home, we have celebrations like the 100 dance, 
Every time my kids come from school with a 100 grade, they have a dance celebration. This happens all the time. And I love it. It is a small thing that has nothing to do with money or buying them a gift. But those are things they will remember as an adult and maybe they will continue with their own kids. Number three, discipline and setting limits. These are necessary not only to have sanity, but to help kids choose acceptable behaviors and learn self-control. They need these limits to grow into responsible adults. When I say discipline, I am not talking about spankings or any of the disturbing things some people can do to kids. I am talking about doing their own homework, making their bed before they go to school, having small responsibilities at home, helping with chores. My kids love earning money. They do small chores at home that are additional to their own responsibilities. I'll give you examples. When my husband is gone for deployment, my oldest feels like he is the man of the house. So he doesn't let me take the trash out. He wants to do it himself because he watches my husband doing this all of the time. He wants to take that responsibility and just comes out of him naturally. He is an amazing brother as well. He will be watching over his brother when they got off from the car and he always making sure that he's fine. All of that without me asking him or reminding him. My youngest, age six, is less caring and is more dependent on his brother. He will be calling him every night when he's in the shower. Hey, can you please bring me my underwear or pajamas? Can you get my water? And his older brother will do all of it. He will even give the youngest his own birthday gifts. It is something to be watched. But we have to teach the young one to have discipline. So I will ask my oldest to let his brother do his own responsibilities. At the end, it's so sweet to watch them, but we can't let the oldest do everything for the youngest. He needs to be responsible for his own room and himself. And then we move to setting limits because it's so important. Look, my children love Minecraft, Among Us, and all that technology and video games that surrounds this generation. And I get it. I was a kid too. I also wanted to be part of what everybody at my age was doing. But there must be a limit on the amount of time we allow this to happen. Otherwise, it becomes an obsession. My two kids have tablets. We have a Family Link app where we can see the amount of time they spend in games and it also gives you the time for each app. I know we talk about controlling and this might seem like the opposite, but they are children. If you let them, they will play all day. If you let them, they will eat candy all day. So yes, you must be a parent and set limits because it is for their own health. My kids can play tablet Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. They play for two hours, which I consider to be a very considerable amount of time. Sometimes they lose their privilege of playing tablet for a day because of school or because of their own behaviors at home. But at the end, they are very happy with their tablet time. They look forward to connect with their cousins and friends over the games. And yes, sometimes they will complain that their cousins have no limits on their tablet time or that their friends can play anytime and any day. But then again, they know there are rules at home. There is a limit for things. And I hope that it can help them as they grow into adults and how to utilize their time productively and still being able to enjoy themselves here and then. 
And we move on to number four, make time for your kids. It is hard. We had so many responsibilities, work, cleaning, cooking, taking care of the pet, taking care of yourself. We are supposed to be doing all of this to provide a good life for our children. But most of the time we get absorbed by all of the responsibilities and we end up spending so little time to none with them. But how are we supposed to do it all? It is so much. I think the truth is we won't be able to be great at all of them. I know many people will come and say, hey, I have an awesome job. I am happy. I have a great marriage. And I also spend a tremendous amount of time with my children. Well, let me congratulate you. For most of us, it's hard to get them all. I spend most of my time with my children. I am a dedicated mother. I am, but I struggle with my work life and I struggle with my marriage sometimes. It's not all rainbows and cupcakes. I try to have a balance, but it doesn't work all the time. So I decided to separate the times and try to prioritize things. Some weeks I am a great mother. The next week I take a little bit of that and I put it more into my projects and the things that I do. And then next week I'll try to spend some more time with my husband. So It's the only way I've managed to be able to do things because if I have to be great in everything 100%, I'm going to live under a very stressful life. I do not stress myself over this. I make plans. I try to follow them as much as I can. Like, for example, my calendar will say sometimes work on the podcast and you'll find me playing Uno with my kids at night. Because I want to spend that time with them because I want to be with them because they're going to grow. And what am I going to do when they grow? Then I won't be able to get them to play Uno with me. So that's what they're going to keep that memory of me playing Uno when they ask me to. And not that memory of me saying, hey, kids, I can't tonight because I already told you guys I'm going to work on the podcast. So it's really like a balance, like making priorities in your life in order to fulfill some of those things that you actually want to accomplish as a parent, as a wife, as a professional, as everything. And sometimes my calendar will say it's leg day, but I know that what I need is yoga. But we are not perfect. I am not perfect. So I will make decisions based on the priorities that I have. And that is how I have been handling the time that I spend with my kids and my family. I know that for my husband is different as he really don't have a choice. He has to go to work. He has to go away for long periods of time. And when he's back, he wants to relax. And I get it. Every now and then, I'll remind him that the kids also need him, not only me. And that even if it's hard, he has to make the time for them. They love spending time together. They fish together. He has taken the kids to play golf. They love arcades. Those are things that they share and they have in common. All of these are opportunities for them to bond and make up for the time he's away. And we move on to number five. Be a good role model. This is simple. You are who they see on a daily basis. If you scream to your partner, what can you expect from them? If you curse people when you're angry, what do you think is going to happen? If you are a single parent and you keep dating and bringing them home, what do you think they are going to think? I'm not saying not to date or not to have a life. What I'm saying is that you need to make sure you are not introducing every single day to them, expecting them to accept them and then change your girlfriend or boyfriend again and again. Model the traits you wish to see in your kids. Respect, honesty, kindness, tolerance. Don't act selfish. 
Do things for others without expecting a reward. And if you make a mistake, apologize to your kid. I have apologized to my children many times. There's nothing wrong admitting that you were wrong. There was a time where I was having a bad day and they did something and I end up screaming for something really stupid. I knew that what I did was wrong, so I went to their beds and I apologized to them. I treated them unfair. And I am an adult. I should be able to show my kids that I can apologize when I'm wrong. My kids were so good. They were like, it's okay, mom. Sometimes I get upset too. Their reaction was so amazing. Did I ever got an apology as a kid? No, never. Not from my mother, not from my grandmother. And trust me, it would have made a difference growing up. Back in those days, parents were always right, no matter what. So no, that is not how I want my kids to think about me. I want them to know I am a person just like them. And sometimes I will not make the right choices, but I know I will reflect on my actions and try to do better. Number six, make communication a priority. Explain the reason you are asking them to do something, not just simply say, because I say so. Oh, that was a classic. Right when you were about to finish your sentence, right there, was because I say so. You will never hear an explanation of why things happen or why you had to do something. Experts say that parents who reason with their kids allow them to understand and learn in a non-judgmental way. They claim that kids who participate in decisions are more motivated to carry them out. I think this is a very important role in every relationship in life. If there is no communication, there will not be a good relationship. We all know sometimes it's harder to communicate with kids, but I think the more we try, the better it gets. My six-year-old is very stubborn in his own way. Sometimes he makes debates when it's time to eat vegetables or go to sleep or make his bed or even taking a shower. I know that in the past we have fights over these simple things to the point where he would cry for hours to avoid his responsibilities. I try many things to try to overcome the fact that he just simply didn't want to do them. And no matter what I say, he will end up crying anyway. I will let him cry and he will start complaining that his stomach is hurting and that he can stop crying and that he can control it. Somehow very manipulated because of course I did not want him to have stomach pain. I decided to create a plan for whenever he goes through this phase. I bought a special candle with his favorite smell. Lately has been the marshmallow fireside. Whenever he's feeling as he's about to start his numb crying, I bring his candle and make him take deep breaths until he calms down. Sometimes it works and sometimes it's a 20-minute cry, but we do not longer go for an hour. I try also the talking point, try to talk to him and ask him, why is he crying? Do you even know? Why are you crying? Try to explain it to me. And somehow the answer is always the same. He just simply don't want to do those things. And I just simply don't force him to do them unless he's showering. But he knows that his privilege will be gone. He can always do better some other days. And I'm always open to negotiate with him on all of his privilege. And I think talking about these things with them, even though we think they're only six years old, it actually 
becomes productive because you're teaching him how to handle situations. And at the same time, you're trying to get words out of him and try to explain himself. And what is the reason why they don't want to do these things? Is there something that is bothering him? Obviously, sometimes it's just kids that just don't want to do things. But us as a parent, all we can do is try to negotiate with them. And I don't mean that like, oh, if you stop crying, I'm going to give you this piece of candy. No, the negotiation goes, hey, you're not doing good today. You're having a bad day. It's okay. We all been there. I had a bad day too sometimes. And sometimes I don't even want to talk to anyone. It's okay. Tomorrow is going to be better. And when it's better, then maybe we can talk about your privilege and their tablet and everything else. It is what is working for me. Maybe some of these advisors, you already try them and they still not working for you. But maybe there are some people out there who need to hear this and try different things to see what works with their kids. And we move to number seven, be flexible and willing to adjust your parenting style. If you start comparing your kids to others, you will find yourself in the same boat as my previous podcast. Do not compare your kids to others. We are all different. We learn different things. We take different ways to learn. I learned this with my firstborn. He was around three years old when we find out that he was not speaking as fluent as his friends. Even his little brother was already starting to speak. So we got really worried and we started to look for information. He went into speech therapy, thinking that there was something wrong with him. Do not take me wrong. Taking him to therapy helped open his vocabulary and make him less shy. So it was very productive. But that was one of my first lessons as a parent, to stop comparing him to others and to just let him be himself. We as parents, we have so much pressure by society and we let that pressure control us to the point of even doing damage to our own children. I had so many goals for my kids. I want them to play instruments, to play sports, to also be good in school, not realizing all I should be doing is letting them explore and find their own passions in life. I want to expose them to different things. And I want them to try as many of them, but I promise myself not to force them or push them to do anything they don't want to do. And quickly, we're moving into number eight, unconditional love. As parents, we are responsible for correcting and guiding our kids, but we are also responsible for providing them love. Make sure they know that although you want and expect better next time, your love is there no matter what. And we move on to number nine and last, and that is know yourself. Let's face it, we are imperfect parents. We will not have it all together. We might do great in some things and not too good on others. We might make some mistakes while parenting, but that does not mean you are a bad parent. By knowing your strengths and weaknesses, you can work to improve. Be realistic and try to work with your partner if you have one. Take time out as a parent and go enjoy some activities on your own or with your partner. This is so important. You need to recharge in order to function properly. You need breaks every now and then to enjoy life and to have a balance from all your responsibilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Remember that behind every young child who believes in himself is a parent who believes first. Until next time.